Hello, everyone, and welcome to Call Your Hits, a Stormriders Airsoft podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone, for our first episode in our second season. We're now in our second year of making these weekly podcasts, and we've certainly learned a thing or two since day one, I would say, but we're also continuing. A little bit. Yeah, and <laughs> we're also continuing to learn as we go as well. So if you have any comments or suggestions for us, please let us know in the comments or on our Discord server. Um, if there's also ideas that you have that you'd like to talk, you'd like us to talk about, then definitely let us know as well. But today for our first episode in the second season, we're going to be talking about preparation for Airsoft, you know, selecting what you bring to a game, that kind of stuff. But before we get into it, I want to share a story, which is what got me thinking about this topic in particular. So several weeks ago, my wife and I took a trip across the province uh, to Grossmoor National Park. Uh, it's a beautiful area of, of our province. It's full of fjords, tablelands, and it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So if you ever get a chance to go out there, if you're uh, up our way, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, the park itself, Grossmorn or Gromorn, it gets its name from the mountain of the same name, which is the highest peak in the park at like 806 meters. And there's actually a hiking trail that takes you all the way to the top. And the trail itself takes like six to eight hours, is what Parks Canada says. The approach trail to the mountain takes about an hour and a half, and you gain about 300 meters elevation. Then climbing up the mountain takes about an hour and you gain another 500 meters of elevation. So it's really a steep climb. Um, and then it takes about three hours to get off the mountain and then about another hour, an hour and a half to get back to your car. The whole hike uh, is about 17 kilometers long and it's absolutely stunning. The views, uh, which we only got to see due to cloud cover, uh, but it's unreal up that way. So again, if you're listening and ever get a chance to do the hike, highly recommend that you do it. If you do, however, it is extremely important to be prepared. And anywhere you can find information about the hike, they'll give you a list of really important considerations, you know, like um, including how much water you're going to need, what weather conditions you should avoid ascending the mountain, how cold it is at the top, that kind of stuff. Bottom line, you know, you don't underestimate the mountain. Yes, it's a hiking trail in a national park, but if you're not careful, you will not be the first or last, I dare say, to need a helicopter ride to get off the mountain. I mean, it is conveniently older and bigger than you, right? Well, yeah. Now, what does this have to do with Airsoft, you might ask? So I'm getting to that. So hang on. Grandpa's telling his tale here. See, the, the thing that we noticed, my, that both my wife and I noticed when we were doing the trail, is that there were really three kinds of people that we saw going up the mountain. There were people who were underprepared. So either they were completely oblivious to the difficulties of the hike, or just straight up cocky, which is also possible. Then you had people who were experienced hikers and they had pretty much exactly what they needed. So they had not too much extra um, and they had, you know, just as much food and water as they would need. And then there were people like myself who were totally overprepared, which is to say completely overpacked. Now, fortunately or unfortunately, the first time that we tried to ascend the mountain, when we got to the base, we looked up and at the base of the mountain, there's a, there's a turnaround point and there's a big sign that says, if you can't see the top of the mountain from this sign, do not go up. 
So we got to the base of the mountain. Yeah, totally. We got to the base of the mountain. We look up, we can't see the top and it's really windy. So we're like, okay, well, we're not going to go today. Unfortunately, we're going to turn around, go back to the cars and we're going to make an attempt tomorrow. But in my case, I was carrying a 40 liter backpack. So a very large camping backpack. And in that backpack, I had basically cannibalized a whole bunch of different MREs. So I had three or four different food packets, a bunch of accessory packets, a bunch of sides, a bunch of snacks. Long-time listeners will note that this is basically just an excuse to bring some MREs somewhere and eat them. Well, I mean, hey, you know what? It, it does get cold at the top, and I did want to have warm food, and you can't have a fire up there. So it seemed practical, but I was mostly doing it for the meme, right? But that being said, I had a lot of food. I had rain gear for myself. I had rain gear for my wife. I had the uh, rain cover for the backpack. I had multiple warming layers in case it got really cold. I had change of socks. Um, I had uh, extra water. I was carrying uh, three liters of water. My wife is carrying two liters of water herself. We had some snacks. And really, like, the pack itself was quite heavy. So uh, obviously, as you might note, three liters of water weighs three kilograms, right? So you're looking at about six and a, six and a half pounds. Um, and then on top of everything else, you have, you, on top of that weight, you have everything else. So the pack was really quite heavy. It was probably upwards of, let's say, 10 kilos, like 25 pounds, somewhere around that, around that range. And as I mentioned before, you're gaining 500 meters of elevation over the course of an hour. So it's pretty steep. And quite frankly, I was over prepared. I had way too much stuff. So when we went back the next day, I decided that, you know what, we are not going to need all of these MREs, right? Um, we're going to need probably two mains when we get up there, a couple of snacks for along the way, and that should be it. I was like, you know what? We're probably not going to need that many warming layers. Maybe one sweater uh, or one bubble coat will be fine. And if it gets too cold, we'll just we'll just come off the mountain sooner rather than later. Um, with the rain gear, we said, you know what? We're not going to worry too much about getting wet. If we get wet, we get wet. But it doesn't look like it's in the forecast for tomorrow, so I'm going to ditch that rather than have it and and you know and not need it. Just say, well, we'll take the, take our chances. And so. By doing all of that, I was able to pretty dramatically reduce the weight of the pack and put myself in a position where really I'm only carrying what I needed. So we had a, we had the same amount of water, but we had a little bit less food. We had less warming layers. I didn't, you know, have a whole bunch of pairs of socks or anything else. I just had basically the, the strict essentials. And that turned out to be a really good, really good move because the hike up on the second day was brutal. It was very difficult. Um, and when we got to the top and we sort of ate our food and, you know, had our, our warm rations and stuff, um, by the time we got through all that stuff, uh, all the food that we had brought, we're like, you know what, we're good. We're set. We don't need anything else. So any extra food really would have come down the mountain with us, um, which really would not have been useful, right? So anyways, we got up to the top. We couldn't see anything because it was it was too much cloud cover. We came back down the mountain, got back to the cars, and and that was that. We were both very accomplished, or felt very accomplished, I, sh I should say. Uh, it was a really good excursion uh, for a lot of us. And if you're on the Discord, you may have seen some pictures that I shared uh, along the way. But the point if you're of not the story, on the Discord, they're worth popping on to see. Yeah. The other thing that I sort of want to mention is that we we definitely had people who were underprepared, and being underprepared is in many ways much more dangerous than being overprepared. I mean, if I had had all that weight on, I still would have been able to complete the hike. It would have been a bit more painful because I would have been carrying more weight, but it would have been done. Um, there were people who were going up that mountain who weren't carrying even a liter of water each. 
They were people who did not have a backpack with warming layers. So when they got to the top and the temperatures were single digit Celsius temperatures, they were still in their shorts and t-shirt, right? Uh, there were people who were climbing up that mountain in sneakers. They weren't even wearing hiking boots or anything with ankle support. All of those things contribute to the likelihood that you are going to have an issue that someone else is going to have to assist you with. Worst case scenario, as I was saying, you might need a helicopter ride off or you might need to have someone help you down the mountain, which is really not where you want to be. Last year, I uh, did a trip to uh, a local bird sanctuary and uh, going to actually look at the bird sanctuary is a 45 minute hike. It's not you know anything significant, uh, but there was a lady who had to get like hauled out of there on, you know, basically a, uh, you know, like a quad recreational vehicle uh, because she had decided to do the hike in flip-flops and uh, it's broken, rocky, terrible trail. <laughs> yeah. So on the one hand, it's important to know what you're getting into. And on the other hand, it's important to really not over overdo it. You really want to hit that sweet spot. And this is where we can sort of transition back to talking about Airsoft. Because I think over the course of the many years that we've been playing Airsoft, Pat and I have um, seen it all, right? We have seen people showing up to the Airsoft field with basically nothing, just like sneakers, uh, jeans, and a t-shirt. And we have seen people, and we used to play, we had a guy in our community who'd show up to Airsoft games with way way too much kit and when we used to play at Redcliffe um, you know that's a bit of a hike to get up the hill like I mean either it's a you know 10 minutes straight up or it's a you know 20 minute hike up a, a more winding uh, less steep path but either way you know this guy would be carrying I'm gonna guess at least 15 kilograms of kit right so like 30 35 pounds of stuff in addition to the kit that he was wearing so this was like a couple of duffel bags basically of stuff now what kind of Airsofter needs a couple of duffel bags for like five hours of play, right? This guy was carrying, you know, in addition to his actual like airsoft gear, right? So, you know, primary, secondary, etc., which was non-trivial. We'll get to that in a minute. This guy was bringing like a three-course dinner <laughs> yeah. um, up the hill. Uh, he carried what he carried to your average you know, air quotes, day of airsoft, uh, is what I carry to like a three day camping excursion. Plus he was carrying his airsoft gun and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, uh, him aside, I think uh, we, well, we rib one of the guys on our team, Josh, because he shows up with this big roller case that fits all of his kit. Um, and he has like three or four guns in there and all this kind of stuff. And, in his you defense, know, that was very helpful for me when my gun broke. <laughs> totally. And I mean, we're playing skirmishes, right? So like he's showing, he's rolling that into the safe zone. It's relatively flat. Um, but we're, we're playing skirmishes for the day, right? So like, it's like 15 minute games, half an hour games here, but like, you're not paying, you know, he's not having to carry that around for any amount of time. So fair enough. However, we've also seen it where we're playing like, um, a more, let's say Milsim adjacent game or like, uh, you know, objective based games where people are carrying rucksacks and packs full of stuff that, really, if you if you really think about it, they're probably not going to need it. I've done that myself. I've played games with my with my pack where I am carrying around, you know, 4,000 BBs in a bag in my pack with my loader and I've got my propane and I've got my, you know, rain gear in there just in case. And like, it's going to be too cold to use propane anyway. So why am I carrying that? I've got 4,000 rounds of extra ammunition, but like, why am I going to need that? Like, could I have packed a smaller bag of ammo, especially understanding that if it's an objective game, I'm probably not going to burn as much ammo as I do playing a random skirmish 
on the weekend. Do you know what I mean? Jokes about your rate of fire notwithstanding. Yeah, if we're playing a game where we do a lot of uh, bushwhacking, where we do a lot of you know just pathfinding and observing and have really heavily objective-focused gameplay, as we know from our own experience, we can both get through a day of that. Um, often without reloading our mags, honestly, if we're playing a yeah. five or six hour game, uh, simply because of the level of density of brush in the area we've typically played those games, right? It It's very, very difficult to get around. It takes a long time to move from point A to point B and accomplish anything in that sense. So yeah, I mean, you don't need your mags plus 4,000 rounds, maybe your mags plus enough to reload them twice just to be sort of erring on the safe side so you know in your case that's 1200 rounds yeah right? yeah which for means, sure which means the rest of that giant bag of bbs is wasted weight totally right and especially if you're using heavier weight ammo like that you know it doesn't take too long to creep up i mean if you're using if you're used to using 0.2s or 25s or whatever and now you're using like 0.36 or 0.4 like some people are using or like you know 0.36 and in, in a marksman rifle i mean you're increasing the weight not not twofold but certainly like one and a half times right so it gets it can get pretty heavy and there's you know that old saying like ounces equals pounds pounds equals pain well if you're on your feet if you're carrying all that weight all day long in addition you're carrying your water and all this kind of stuff all of that is going to contribute to increased fatigue it's going to contribute to increased like muscle soreness you could get you know if you're not accustomed to it uh you could get cramps in your legs like all that kind of stuff and ultimately all of that will contribute to your overall morale did you have a good day that day or did it just suck because you were carrying around all this extra weight and so if all you're doing is skirmishes right like so we how we used to do it many years ago with that guy who used to carry his like 30 uh, 30 kilograms of kit or whatever 30 pounds of kit or whatever up the hill um he would get up the hill and need he'd need half an hour to just recover f like physically recover from hauling that kit up and he wasn't like uh, you know, like a bigger dude or whatever, like he was still in, you know, like I would say like a, like an average human. Um, but he, you know, just kick his ass, right? Carrying all that extra weight is not easy. It's not easy for anybody unless, you know, you're accustomed to, to doing that kind of stuff. You're accustomed to carrying that amount of weight for extended periods of time. And if you're, if you're that kind of person, just so we're clear, like if you're maybe, you know, you're uh, active duty military, for example, or you're formerly active duty military and you were infantry and you're used to doing these like 40 kilometer ruck marches or whatever, carrying all this pound. So this might be no problem for you. But I would suspect that for the average airsofter, carrying an extra like, you know, 30, 40 pounds of kit just for the lulls is not going to go well for you during like a Milsim game or something like that. And realistically, I suspect that even if you are sort of that, you know, level of fit where it's not, air quotes, a problem for you to do it, there's no reason to carry 100 pounds of kit to an airsoft game, yeah. um, right? You know, <laughs> I definitely have been the guy who carries too much gear, relatively speaking. I mean, we've talked before about the fact that, you know, when I ran the Syraz, I was just like, oh man, I have all this molly. I'm going to fill it with pouches. And as soon as you fill it with pouches, you got to fill the pouches with stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In fairness, don't mean to be ragging on the guy who used to bring all that in the kitchen sink. Like, that's fine. You do you, right? But he was exhausted on the way up. And he often was so tired that he had to, you know, by the end of the day that he had to talk someone into carrying his stuff back down. Yeah, right? totally. And the benefit, obviously, of bringing out much stuff is, yeah, you have loaner guns. You have spare stuff. You can try eight or nine rifles, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But I think the drawback makes that a bad idea. I think ultimately that we want to run 
comparatively lightweight kit. And certainly that's the decision that our team has tended to roll with. Um, I would say that if you're doing an impression, it changes a little. I know John carries yeah, a lot sure. more weight uh, in his World War II kit than he does in any of his other kits. And yes, more than air quotes, he needs to um, because, you know, he's got a prop bomb in there that is not at all useful for airsoft. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. That's really cool. Um, you know, and he carries some, you know, uh, his like meal kit and stuff. And I mean, that works out okay because every now and then he's like, oh, I think I'm just going to have some oatmeal in the middle of a game. <laughs> but that he doesn't need it for airsoft, but he needs it for the impression. Exactly. Right? And that yeah. has definite value, right? Um, but exempting that. So I guess what you're going to want to carry is going to be determined a little bit by the kind of game you're playing. I definitely bring uh, more kit to a eight hour or six hour milsim game than I would to random skirmishes, right? Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about this before, but the big question you should be asking yourself is, am I going to actually use this? Is this actually going to be useful for me in some way? And the additional challenge I would say that we have in Airsoft is that we have a lot of cool stuff. We tend to get a lot of cool stuff. Soldiers in the real world carry stuff that we look at as pretty cool, but for them, it's part of their work equipment. Right? They need to carry it for whatever reason. Like if you're the guy who carries your squad's AT4 or whatever, you're not carrying that because it looks cool. You're not carrying it to flex on, well, maybe you're carrying it to flex on the tank if you need to. But like <laughs> the point is, it's a tool and you need to carry it. For us in Airsoft, we're looking at this going, okay, I have this Airsoft, you know, AT4. In my case, I have an, you know, an Airsoft M72 Law. Um, it's really cool. It's very, very fun. However, it is mostly useless, right? It's not a very effective thing to wield on the field. It's basically just uh, a BB grenade shower in a long tube. That's it. And those aren't great. We've talked about it, you know, in the past. It is like, probably the worst way to carry an Airsoft 203 yeah. uh, that I can think of. Although, in fairness, also arguably the coolest package for one, so... Yeah, but it's very cool, but it's very heavy. It's very bulky. Carrying it on your person is uncomfortable. So I need to ask myself, if I'm gunning for performance and I'm not playing a game where I need to be carrying this because there might be like a vehicle or something and I need to have the law on me to simulate being able to take it out or whatever, what, why would I carry that? Again, if it's because it's cool and I'm doing it for the art, well, then that's one thing. But again... When we talk about performance, we want to critically evaluate our kit and say, like, is this particularly useful? And the, the law is a, is an easy example because it's big and bulky and cumbersome. But there's lots of parts of our kit and stuff that we carry in that kit that also fall into the not really useful category that we don't necessarily think of in the same way. 100%. There's a lot of stuff that, I mean, when we have run Milsim, uh, games, you know, we've tended to either set up a little FOB and drop off the vast majority of what we're carrying, totally. uh, or had a safe zone that sort of served that function for everyone, uh, depending on what we were sort of doing. Because really, for an eight-hour game of Airsoft, I want to carry a lot of, or at least have access to, a lot of water, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't actually want to sling four liters of water through the woods, <laughs> particularly for the totally. entire day, if I can help it, as you... Uh, said earlier right it it saps you it's just tiring and you end up with you know low morale and it makes it hard to push when you need to push absolutely and like how many of us are actually going and loading up our pack let's say with 
equivalent, just rocks, just that, to use an analogy. How many of us are loading our packs with rocks and going on a hike and putting ourselves through physically demanding things in preparation to play Airsoft? I would suspect the majority of us are not doing that, right? The majority of us aren't doing, you know, even the ready-ups that we need to be. So how many of us are actually going to just go ahead and prepare ourselves physically even more for Airsoft? Some of you might, who are listening, might, and if you do, well, then kudos to you. I can speak for myself and say I have never actually done that. I have never just purposely put on a pack with like extra weight in it to prepare for airsoft. Have I gone on a hike, as I talked about, where I'm carrying too much stuff? Sure. But the purpose was of doing the hike, not training for airsoft. So consequently, how many of us are hitting the field with that sort of uh, experience of carrying and hauling all of this kit? And like Pat said, just because you can doesn't mean you want to. I used to, just to give you another example, and I've talked about this before, I used to run a JPC or really any plate carrier, but I had training plates in it, right? I still have training plates in it because I haven't taken them out, but I don't wear it anymore. But I had training plates in it because I was like, well, you know what? It's more realistic, number one. Uh, it does help with the fitment of the vest, uh, which was the whole point of getting like more rigid plates, right? Um, but... I did it mostly because I thought it was cool. And that's um, reasonable, you know. And, and it's reasonable. Right. However, it's not until I took it off and started playing without it that I was like, wow, this makes a huge difference. I can do everything I was doing be before, except it's easier now. Right? Now, it's not like switching the game from, you know, hard difficulty to easy. That's not what, what it was like, but it just made it a little bit less painful. I was less, I'm less tired coming home from Airsoft now than I was when I was hauling all that extra, uh, extra weight for no real reason. Like I was getting no tangible benefit other than the fact that my, I could tell people, hey, my vest weighs 20 pounds. And so you're what? looking at the situation where you're like, okay, so my vest weighs 20 pounds and it fits better, but you could have bought you know, just hard foam plates, right? Yeah. Um, you could have taken some polyfoam and made hard foam plates, frankly, uh, yeah. for way less money than you paid for the training plates and saved yourself the weight and still gotten, you know, the, the form factor and the protection in terms of like, oh, you know, not getting shot in the chest, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, um, totally. If there are people listening who are concerned about that, uh, as we've established, I'm crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it's the same sort of thing with the Syrahs, right? The reason we moved from the Syrahs to the 1694 initially was that we sort of came to the conclusion that even if we stripped them down to what we considered the bare essentials, which basically fit onto the 1694, we had this humongous just chunk of Cordura that weighed, again, five or 10 pounds. That yeah. was like, well, if you don't need it, why wear it? And you need to think about it critically too. Like, so coming back to the, the hiking example, my wife and I looked at the forecast and we said, well, there's no rain in the forecast. So do we need to be carrying rain gear? Well, in Newfoundland, weather changes pretty rapidly. So it is possible that by the time we get to the base of the mountain, the weather pattern will have shifted and we may get rain. That is, it, it's possible. But we looked at the forecast and we said, you know what? It's probably not really likely. What will happen if we get wet? Well, if we get wet, that'll kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> We will be moderately inconvenienced. Is it going to prevent us from completing the hike or put us in jeopardy in any way? No, not really. We might get a little bit of extra chafing from the wet clothing, but ultimately, unless it's torrential rain and there are mudslides and stuff, which is not going to happen based on the forecast, really, 
that's not going to make any difference. And even there are torrential like mudslides, the rain gear is not really going to help us anyway. Yeah, right? right. That's not what the danger is. And for those who are listening, going, well, you know, like the weather in Newfoundland, especially if you're listening from Newfoundland, can be changeful and you can get pretty cold and you don't necessarily want to be cold while you're wet and all that jazz. It was summer, right? Like, yes. it's, it's well, worth yeah. knowing that this was being done in August, right? In autumn, I would probably recommend, yeah, bring a little like rain, like light rain jacket shell that you can layer over a warm base layer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because being cold and wet is miserable. <laughs> yeah. But so anyway, you look at the situation and you determine, okay, number one, am I realistically going to need this item? And number two, what is the impact going to be if I do not have this item when I need it? Right? Is it going to be survivable? Is it likely that somebody else will be able to bail me out if I really need to on the team? Or is it going to be a game ender? And if the answer is, well, there's no real impact that is, you know, tremendously negative. It's not like I'm forgetting my iPro and I can't play anymore. Obviously, you need that. Um, But if you're looking at it going like, well, it's going to be a little bit less fun, but everything will be okay. Maybe you consider not taking it, right? You consider not packing that item. And that's pretty much the way I assess what I'm bringing on any given day. You know, I mean, I own four guns at the moment uh, and two pistols it would be very easy for me to sling those all into uh, cases and put them in my car and bring them out but realistically I'm probably not going to cycle through four primary weapons over the course of a day of airsoft honestly yeah for sure that has relevance to whether or not I bring them right so if I'm rocking the world war ii kit then yeah obviously the grand's coming with me and probably the uh, IAR is not because what I'm using isn't really designed to go with it but you know, there are things that are always in my kit, right? We always bring spare batteries because yep. we always need them. We always bring ammo because we always need it. But the amount is probably going to be best determined by the kind of game you're playing. Uh, you know, if we're going to, say, Frontline and playing there for the afternoon, then yeah, I bring, you know, a couple of bags of ammo because I might shoot that much. Uh, and also there's a safe zone I can leave them in. So there's not really any drawback to the weight of them. If I were playing an all-day game somewhere else that were more milsim oriented, I actually might take less ammo. Um, I'd probably consider buying a second air tank, though, for my uh, air, because if I need more air, I can't refill it in the middle of the woods. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so that's a thing to weigh. Um, That being said, you know, likewise, if I'm going to Frontline, I often will bring the IAR and one of the other guns. Whereas if I'm going to play uh, an all-day Milsim game, I'm going to try to avoid that. I don't want to carry two rifles. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I certainly don't want to carry the saw and the IAR together, right? Like that just is enough weight to render me, um, frankly, slow enough that I'm not going to be effective. Yeah. So, and and for me, like, you know, I have a bit of a checklist of what I really want to pack. And it doesn't vary too, too much whether I'm going to frontline or whether we're doing, you know, an objective game or whatever, mostly because I don't have as many guns as you do. I really only have my primary and my secondary. But so consequently, let's assume that, you know, the average person is listening. They have their primary, they have their secondary. Um, what, what should you, what should you be packing? Well, you're obviously going to need BBs. You're obviously going to need uh, batteries for your gun. We recommend batteries for your optics and any other battery operated devices that 
you may need. So if you're running a, a, a radio, if you're running a camera, if you're running any anything like that, you'll want to have some spare batteries. Um, you're going to want water, right? You need to be carrying your own water, yep. especially in these, you know, coronavirus times, a time of recording. You do not want to be sharing water with somebody else if you can avoid it. Yep. Some right? sort of um, low mass, relatively high calorie food is also pretty good. Right? Absolutely. Something you know you can eat without ma- it making you sick or whatever as well. Yeah. So we've talked about that before. Chris carries, you know, sour candies. He really likes, you know, Sour Patch Kids or M&Ms or whatever. Um, sour M&Ms too, maybe? Anyways, the, the point is it's is it's, a sh- <laughs> it's a sugar hit and it's, you know, good for morale. It makes you feel better, uh, et cetera. But you sh- if the game is a longer game, you know, you're going to be needing more calories than a couple of M&Ms here or there. You will likely need... You know, something like a protein bar or cliff bar or even in some cases, if you're a weirdo like me and you like MREs, you can pack an MRE main in your pack with an FRH and just heat that up at some point if you have the time in between games or if there's a particular rest point during your milsim event or whatever. Or you can just tough it out and eat it cold. Whatever. You're going to need some of those calories. Right? For all day games, so you, I tend to bring a sandwich. You know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be like this whole like real like military impression stuff like i've packed a sandwich i've packed a muffin right like yeah, a raisin brand muffin from home it's like it's it's in my pack and i'm just gonna eat it at some point i like, usually have some, a box like, of granola bears in the sort of large plastic tub i bring the majority of my airsoft kit soft kit to the field in so you know if it's if it's an afternoon of skirmishes i'm still gonna bring a granola bar just because hangry pat is good for no one <laughs> totally um, and then you want to think about your talk pal was talking about the HPA tank, which is totally legit. But if you're using propane or green gas or whatever you want to call it, um, you're going to need to carry some of that too. Because if you're if you're running a uh, well, if you're running a pistol, I'm not too fussed about that. But if you're like me and you carry grenades, you need to refill your grenades in order to be able to reuse them. You're going to want to carry. Uh, you're going to want to carry gas to be able to do that. Are you going to be able to do that at a milsim game, like reload your grenades in the middle of things, in like in the middle of the woods? Maybe, maybe not. Again, you need to think about how likely is it that you're going to deploy all of the grenades you're carrying and then have to refresh them at some point in the middle of the game. And if the answer is well, probably not really likely, then don't take the tank with you. Leave it in your in your uh, in your staging area. But if you're playing at Frontline, where, you know, we do a fair chunk of urban CQB stuff because that's one of the sort of fan favorite fields that they have, bring all the grenades because <laughs> yep. they're great. Another thing to consider as well, and we Pat mentioned it before, uh, but think about staging your kit too, right? So if you are at the parking lot in your vehicle, you can have a huge box of stuff that has everything you need to prepare all the other components. And in your pack, you may carry like a large pack. And this is something uh, that I've seen done at, you know, especially like larger Milsim. You have a large pack that you take that carries all of your stuff, you know, a big rock or I think they're called like a Bergen or whatever, like yeah, just huge backpack. Whatever you've got, right? Yeah. And has everything, everything, everything. And inside of that, you have a smaller pack that you can use to, you know, prepare, or you can even have that staged already with a smaller amount of all the same things that are in your larger pack. So you can just quickly dump one, grab the other one and go for that one. But the whole idea behind doing all of this is to be adequately prepared for the situation that you're going in, to not be overprepared and overburdened by all this extra stuff that you're not going to need, and also not going out in that space without everything that you need. Because the, the consequence of that is... 
if you're at, you know, an objective-based game or, uh, you know, like a milsim game or something like that, and you don't have enough ammo, you are um, underfed or underwatered, right? You might not even be wearing the right footwear as an example. Um, you, let's say the battery runs dry in your gun, something like that. You become a burden to your team, right? And now you either have to remove yourself from that situation and then go deal with it, you know, get a new battery, do whatever, at which point you're not doing anything for your team or you're having them help you out and consuming their resources, which means that if they have an issue, now they can't help themselves, right? Which, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's a game. It's all supposed to be fun. And I carry stuff to help other people out too, but you really don't want to be the one who has to make use of that stuff, right? When you're carrying your airsoft gear, you know, I usually, I used to carry two batteries. I still literally, the last time we got together for airsoft, I brought a battery. I did not bring a single gun that was battery operated, but I still brought a battery because someone's going to need it. And I think yeah. Bill did. Like, you know, it's just luck of the draw. Why got to be me? <laughs> luck of the draw that it was you. It's nothing. Come on. <laughs> um, but it could as easily have been, you know, I think it went into two other guns over the course of the day just for like, oh, you know, we're doing training. We need to get this gun up or that gun up. Cool. No problem. Right. Uh, I bring yeah. a multi-tool. I've brought a multi-tool to Airsoft for five, six years, seven years. Um, it's extremely useful. Partly because people keep asking me to like take the the uh, plate off their pistol grip and connect their wires to their motor again and stuff like that because I'm a gun tech and I don't mind doing that in the field. Yeah, first aid kit also a great example. Yep. I've never used a first aid kit for stuff for me. It's always been for other people. It's like, hey, do you have like an alcohol swab? Do you have an bandage? It's like, yep, I got it right here. Yeah, there's been a first aid kit on my uh, on my gear since basically my first vest. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, it's not like, a, it's not a complicated first aid kit, you know, like it's have, a boo-boo kit. Yeah. Like I have a couple of gauze patches. Um, I think I have a compression bandage in there cause people fall and sprain stuff at airsoft all the time. Like that's normal enough, but you know, uh, disinfectant bandages, you know, because gloves, yeah, gloves for me. Um, but it's almost all of the injuries I've seen in my entire time playing airsoft are like, you know, oh, I banged my head off something and I've, you know, a scrape or a cut or I tripped and, you know, my knee's kind of a mess or I have a BB stuck in my face. <laughs> Wait, so you don't carry like a tourniquet or five? I mean, uh, I think at one point I did have a tourniquet on my Cyraz kit, um, but that was more sort of like Marine Corps cosplay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I certainly don't ever expect to need one uh i think i've no. tended to carry like a bottle of aspirin um or like tylenol or whatever but that's pretty much it for the first aid stuff and i've used it unlike phil i can actually say i've used mine on me um i have a nice scar on my nose from a 500 fps uh large revolver style pistol yeah, yeah. um i remember that actually but like actually yeah. i think there's a, a picture of me like standing there with like a bit of um like tape on my nose over the thing that I put on before we continued. Yeah, um, I remember you walking off the field with blood like gushing off your face, and that was um, <laughs> worrying. But also, you were really—I mean, you were really salty about it, which I, I wonder why. I mean, yep. Um, I was shot in the face with one of those things from like four and a half feet away. So yeah, uh, yes, my wrath was considerable. <laughs> but yeah, you—you you know, that's totally fair. Like you want to; those are the kinds of things that you want to be prepared for for yourself and for other people. Um, so let's do my favorite thing and talk about dumb shit I've brought to Airsoft. Well, let, let's just let's just finish that off. I'd say 
just before we go into dumb shit that you've brought, I think the amount of weight that you're adding from a first aid kit is probably negligible compared to a lot of the dumb shit that people bring to airsoft. 100%. Uh, especially for what we're, we are putting into our first aid kits. Like we were saying, they're boo-boo kits, right? Like bandages, alcohol swabs, Band-Aids, Tylenol. Like you're you're looking at like grams, right? I, I've got my so, uh, first aid kit on my chest rig. Uh, I think it net weighs less than two of my mags, right? Yeah. That, to give you so an idea you're of looking, what we're carrying. If you're looking at your packing list and you're seeing your first aid kit, you're going, oh, do I really need this? Yes, you do. Just let's not worry about that one in particular. And maybe don't take another bag of BBs or whatever instead to cut down on the weight. Yeah, your your third bag of 3,000 rounds, mm, not as important yeah, as the so first aid kit. That's the kind of stuff that we will generally make sure that we always pack in our in our kit you know like we said food water bbs spare batteries spare mags uh, i i carry a, uh, a spare set of ipro not because i need it but just because someone else might and it doesn't weigh a whole lot and that's basically it i usually bring a spare set of ipro too just because people forget it right or yeah. you get unlucky and you know you drop it and step on it or whatever right it's yeah. easy um, and it's not like we had to go out of our way to get them or like they weigh anything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, I, you know, once I get all of my kit out of my backpack and on my person, there's really not a whole lot left in there outside of the water or the food and stuff like that. Most of the stuff that I'm going to need is actually on my person, because, again, coming back to our objective based games like we used to play in uh, back in the day, what I always wanted to be able to do was ditch my pack and just fight if I needed to and come back to the pack later. Right. If I really need to, uh, I can just ditch that really quickly, engage, resolve whatever situation we're in. And then if I get hit or whatever, then I can just come back and take my pack later. Right. Because we don't play in a community where someone's going to come and start, you know, scavenging through my bag and take my stuff like that. That doesn't happen. So I'm not concerned. The biggest the biggest challenge is just making sure you remember where you drop your pack in order to be able to find it in, in the future. But so really, that's how we approach making sure that we're properly prepared for the situations. Now, let's talk about dumb stuff we've brought to Airsoft. And man, it's a list. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I have definitely, like for sure, played Airsoft and had a pack where, you know, like I was bringing, you know, a, a day pack, hiking pack or bigger um, and, you know, I had, I think there was a point where I was carrying, you know, like a three liter hydration bladder and two one liter water bottles. Uh, and like, I'm a thirsty boy, but really. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Um, that's, you know, it's egregious for even an eight hour milsim, honestly. Um, I often had one of those sort of Canadian forces issue cable knit sweaters in there, a raincoat and like not a smart raincoat either. There's buy a Gore-Tex shell. That's a great investment if you're willing to play airsoft in the rain uh, or if you live in Newfoundland or willing to play airsoft in the autumn um, mm -hmm. or spring. But that was sensible, or rather the one that I have now is sensible because it weighs nothing and compresses down into a tiny little envelope essentially. Uh, but like a full, large sort of winter coat-esque raincoat, not sensible, even if it wasn't insulated. It was just, it was big, it was heavy. That's not stuff you probably need for a random day of airsoft. Uh, a spare mm -hmm. pair of socks is kind of okay um, if you are being stupid like we were for a really long time and wearing desert boots in, you know, like Newfoundland. Um, yeah. But I really feel like we've resolved that issue by buying hiking boots with Gore-Tex liners that are waterproof. Yep. Um, that seems like the better play there. So that's a little bit of weight shed, you know, socks aren't super heavy, but hey. Um, 
I mostly don't bring propane unless I'm going to like frontline. Um, yeah. Certainly if I'm going somewhere for like an all day Milsom event, I don't expect to need to reload my pistol because I don't expect to use it very much at all. Um, at frontline, you know, we have the kind of situation where it's like, oh, let's play some pistol games or the kind of situation where I'll go, man, I'm, we're doing a village game, right? It's just CQB. I'm going to use my pistol. Why not? Mm-hmm. Right. It has the reach for this purpose and I paid money for it. But outside of that, there's really no point. Um, I've recently uh, acquired a sort of 12 liter uh, Maxpedition backpack. So it's quite small um, that I've got my um, HPA tank in. Um, it's probably going to have like a polar fleece sweater or something in it to wrap the HPA tank in, which is, you know, added weight, but I don't want it rattling around and there's no internal strapping in the bag. Uh, it's going to have some BBs in it. Uh, I'm moving my multi-tool into it because if I'm playing, I'm probably going to be carrying it. And so it just means the multi-tool is not on the vest and I have slightly more real estate on the vest to use. Easy, whatever. Um, but yeah, you don't need a day pack for airsoft. And if you if you fill a day pack with stuff for airsoft, especially if you're going to like a field where there's a safe zone and you're going to have time between games, probably you've got too much stuff. Like that's a really good sort of basic litmus test, I think. Yeah, I used to carry an e-tool, like an interesting tool in my pack. Uh, I used to carry rope. I used to have like like a coil of 100 feet of rope. Um, both of those weigh a lot. I never had to entrench myself during a game of Airsoft, ever. I never had to use the rope in a game of Airsoft, ever. Like, could we have used rope at the field to, like, stabilize the structure or create a ladder or something? Like, yeah, maybe, but I'm not doing that in the middle of a game. Like, why am I carrying it on my person, right? So those are just not things. I used to carry a cold steel tomahawk. Um, I still have that tomahawk, and it's really cool. But, like, why am I carrying a real tomahawk on my person for a game of Airsoft? It's never ever going to come out during a game ever it's not a utility sort of axe it's not like you can chop wood with it because it has a spike on the back you're liable to put that in your body while you're swinging back to try and cut something with it and quite frankly the cold steel stuff is not like great quality in terms of you know being a functional tool to again cut wood with so like it never really did anything it was really fun it was really cool but like again i remember i used to have it upside down in my pack such as the the handle would poke out through the through the top of the bag right which very cool but like looks badass but gets hooked on stuff it gets hooked on stuff and it's not coming out yep and it's like like when am i going to pull it out during a game and for what yeah and it's like i've carried um a variety of combat knives as part of my airsoft kit Right? not to stab people with not training knives, just because having a knife is useful for a tool. Mm-hmm. Long after I started carrying the Leatherman, and the Leatherman's all the knife I've pretty much ever needed for anything for airsoft purposes. So those are yeah. cool, and I enjoy having them. I still bring them to games and put them on my kit periodically for that purpose. But like, you know, aside from looking like a jackass slicing an apple with a combat knife, <laughs> um, which is fun, uh, they're not really necessary, you know. Uh, I've got a, uh, a Kukri that I bought um, two summers ago uh, because I had reached the point where my actual, you know, camping hatchet had become untenable. Um, it's quite old and, you know, it's. It, I had it when I was in Boy Scouts when I was 12 and nothing that you own when you're in Boy Scouts when you're 12 really endures because you're just an asshole to every piece of gear you own. <laughs> like this, It's a miracle it lasted as long it as it really did. really is. Like, the things I did to that when I was a kid are unforgivable. Um, but, you know, I sort of had the choice between spending, like, 80 bucks on a nice, you know, camping hatchet or on a kukri. 
And the Kukri is basically a hatchet. So I bought a Kukri because they're cool. Uh, and I brought it to mm-hmm. Airsoft a couple of times. Um, you know, I, uh, I've left it on the belt a couple of times going to Frontline. And it was just like, why do you have a giant knife? Because oh, I forgot to take it off. Oops. Yeah. Uh, and playing games in sort of, you know, more woodland environments it's actually been useful a couple of times you know we've done a little bit of brush clearing over the years again mostly during mill sim games where it was like oh yeah this is quasi useful like i could see dedicating the way to it but i'm also a big dude and it yes it's a huge knife but it doesn't really impede my ability to move around much um and to be clear if you thought that you were going to be in a situation where you would have to do some like clearing out um there is probably some other options you could use that are lighter than that too, especially if you're a smaller dude than you are, Pat. Like if it's someone like me, like I might not carry that kukri. I might go with like a smaller, lighter hatchet. But again, I need to understand that that's a situation that I'm purposely going to find myself in. For the average airsoft game, there's no need for me to be carrying any sort of axe or really edged weapon in any way shape or form like a, a leatherman and even a leatherman with like that saw blade attachment probably good enough for most of the small light duty you might have to do right and that's certainly fair um again the the closest the kukri's coming to being useful at airsoft or any of its you know the its predecessor my poor hatchet was mm-hmm. you know like we played a couple of all day games where it was like i actually am really cold and i'm just going to build a little fire and warm up Mm-hmm. Right, and that's not possible for, on a lot of fields, especially commercial fields. You're not starting fire. Yeah, no, exactly right. Right, like, like you know, the the commercial field is not going to appreciate me. You know, taking apart some of their <laughs> trees yeah. and or buildings to make a fire. And I mean, this is we're talking about playing in Newfoundland, where like you were saying, it, it's wet a lot of the time. But if you play somewhere like where Chaz plays, where it's extremely arid, um, you don't want to start a fire at all because yes, that's, burning that's down a huge the country, hazard. Burning down the countryside will get you in trouble, as it turns out. Um, totally. Yeah, so, I mean, I fully accept that the Kukri is marginal at best, right? Um, but I enjoy it, so whatever. Um, the Leatherman is essential. You know, I think one thing that's worth mentioning uh, in terms of stuff that we've both carried to games that's a little silly is just tons and tons and tons of mags so many mags yeah right yeah. and especially because we sort of you know you and i have both reached the point where we have a set of mags that feed in our guns that are nice that work well and then we're both like well i've also got 12 mags from like back in the day that are sort of okay some of the time and you're like well you know we're going from all day milsim game and i want to have as many mags as possible so i'm gonna load those and bring them and not use them usually yeah and that's redundant weight right and you know yeah okay one airsoft magazine doesn't weigh very much but 15 do (laughs) yeah exactly Um, you know and worse they weigh less than like a decent speed loader full of ammo or if you happen to be you know on the ritzy side a nice odin like fancy speed loader full of ammo they can't reload your good mags. They don't often feed, like the ones I'm talking about that we have don't feed as well in our gear. Yep. So any situation where you get into digging through your bag at the safe zone or, um, you know, at what we're calling an FOB for a Milsim game or whatever, you know, our little cache of gear in the woods for those, either you should be reloading the good mags that work all the time or you should be grabbing that bag and scooting because you don't have time to reload anyway. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, we've definitely done that. We've used. To, I remember many games where we've 
packed chris had a small like a self pack or whatever and we would just stuff that full of mags that are ready and loaded and good to go and that was it was convenient because a lot of times we didn't have to reload but to your point pat like we know what mags feed best in our gear those are the mags we want to be using all the time right and yeah in a pinch then you can slap one of these mags in and you'll get the job done so to speak but that's not happening all the time right you might as well just reload your, your your proper mags rather than... And I'm guilty of that. Like, I will take and I will um, load all of my mags at home. So I'll load, like, I have seven PMAGs. So I load seven PMAGs. And actually, I have eight now. So I have eight PMAGs loaded. And then I have two Stanag mags. I'm like, well, I've got three other Stanags that are metal. So I might as well load those two. Why? Like, I can only carry eight mags in my person. That means I have eight on my person, I have one in the gun, and I have one spare dangling in my bag. But now I have four spare in my bag that I just don't have to reload I'm in the safe zone. That's convenient, but really, I'm not going to need those, right? If it gets really tough, and I'm like, maybe I can throw one in my pocket, I'm still not going to be throwing four mags in my pockets. I don't have that much pocket space. So you really need to think critically about all the stuff that you're going to be putting in your pack. Is it going to be contributing to... Uh, your ability to be effective on the field or is it just taking up weight and space that yeah if you're only playing in a safe from a safe zone you might not care but if it's a milsim game do you really need that do you really need all this extra weight and i also recognize that neither you or i have played at a milsim game that had a packing list where there's like all these things that you need to bring which is which is a factor at like milsim west for example there's a very clear list of all the things you're going to need to bring including like your your bedroll and all this kind of stuff but those types of games aside, you are going to need to police your own stuff and make sure it's actually going to be useful for you, right? And even if you are looking at something with a packing list like Milson West, I think there's a genuine uh, rational response to go, okay, well, I have this packing list. And I'm going to make sure I check all those boxes because they clearly know what they're talking about in, t- in terms of telling you what to bring. Uh, but if you're adding something to that and it's not mission critical for your kit, you should be thinking about that, right? Absolutely. You know, um, one I've definitely done, you know, I own an SLR camera. I've brought it to the field a couple of times. Uh, I've brought it to the field for actual use, but it's, you know, it's extra weight that I definitely don't need to carry to play airsoft. Uh, for a long while when we were playing, uh, more games sort of out in the woods, uh, I brought a set of field glasses, binoculars, um, and they're robust, nice binoculars. They're fantastic, but completely useless for airsoft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, we don't do anything over those engagement ranges. I've never um, used them to scout a location because there's never been a location that I needed that much distance for. Um, frankly, any location that I did need that much distance for, arguably, I could just zoom in on my phone at this point because technologically they've reached that that standard to some extent. Uh, it was cool for watching the eagles that were up there a couple of times <laughs> you know yeah. like, not that i meant to be bird watching while i played herself but like hey if you have a bald eagle fly by which is not our norm that's rad <laughs> um but there's not a whole lot of practical value to carrying a three pound pair of binoculars uh and a zero pound nothing would definitely have been better every time i carried those right i took them mm-hmm. off my kit for that reason one thing that i want to address there also is i and i know you've done this too uh, I played make-believe with my kit a lot in the sense that I looked at my bag and went, okay, well, I'm going to bring these binoculars, but I'm also going to put them in a molly pouch on the outside of the pack so they're easily accessible so that I can use them. I never did. Yeah. I was never going to, right? 
Like, I was absolutely lying to myself when I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to use these. Um, so the only thing that's ever needed to be strapped onto the outside of my kit that's not mags really is, you know, my admin pouch that I keep my car keys in because I like not having to look for them uh, and my uh, first aid kit because it's useful to me. Uh, but there's this, there've been several points where we're just, we're carrying, you know, really quite large backpacks for what we're doing relative to what we needed, uh, and both could have, and should have been carrying much lighter gear. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's all about your experience, uh, and being able to look at it retrospectively and say, like Pat was just saying, look at it honestly and say like, am I reasonably going to use this? Does it make sense for me to be carrying this? I, I said to myself I would, and I didn't. Why not? Is it because the opportunity literally did not come up? Or is it because that opportunity that I thought would come up actually doesn't exist in practice? On the fields that we play at, like Pat was saying, we're never going to scout a location using a pair of binoculars. It's not going to happen. So even if you tell yourself, oh, it could be useful for that, if that's not going to happen, then you need to be honest enough with yourself to go, okay, it's cool, and it makes me feel cool to carry that stuff, but it doesn't make me feel cool at the end of the day when I'm even more tired than I need to be because I carried all this extra weight. And you might say, well, that's only an extra three pounds, Phil, like, who cares? Well, that's fine, but it's three pounds now, and then it's another thing another time, and it's another thing, and as we said before, all of that adds up, and then suddenly you're carrying, like I was going up that mountain, an extra 10 or 12 pounds of kit that you really don't need, that at the end of the day is not going to be useful to you in terms of keeping you in the game, and keep in terms of keeping you having a fun day, um, and what it will do, however, is contribute to fatigue, to contribute to low morale, for, no, for nothing, for no, no actual benefit. In fact, not even, it's, it's worse than that. You're really, you're self-sabotaging, right? Yeah. Um, because, you know, as Phil noted, right? Like, yes, I'm, I'm a big dude. I can hump my pack, you know, my big day pack with five liters of water and a sweater and a heavy rain jacket and a kukri and binoculars and, you know, 4,000 BBs and some spare mags and whatever else we decided to throw in it that day that we shouldn't have up the hill. No problem, right? That was never an issue right? Um, at any point in my fitness level was carrying it up the hill an issue. But yeah. God was like happy to get it off my back when I got there. And yeah. that's, not, that, that's not necessary. It sucked carrying it back down every week. And it didn't ever help. And the last part is the, the problem, right? Because you're going, okay, well, I've carried all this useless stuff and I'm tired now when I could be less tired and more effective. Absolutely. And even John with his World War II kit will be the first guy to tell you that when he's carrying all that extra weight, he is not combat effective, period. It's if you give him his World War II kit minus all that extra weight, like minus his extra pack and minus his rations and minus all of that, and just give him his, his like, uh, I forget what it's called, like the, the load bearing equipment. Uh, like you give him his harness, the webbing, thank you. You give him the webbing, you give him his rifle, and then go tell him to play an airsoft game, and he's he's great, right? He's just as effective, or as, as effective as he can be using that particular kit, understanding that it's not, you know, red dots, sights, uh, modern fighting attire, etc., like we do. But as, that part aside, he's still a very effective guy on the field. But then you put an extra 100 pounds of kit on him for no reason, and guess what happens? Well, his, his effectiveness tanks. It's not, it's not a shocker, right? And... You might say, well, it's 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 not 100 pounds, Phil. It's only 10 pounds. Okay, so it's only 10% of 
of the problem. It's still 10% less effective than it could be if you didn't have it in the first place. For, as Pat was saying, no benefit. Yeah, and it comes back to one of our common themes with this podcast, I think, of looking at your gear and critically evaluating it and doing so with some regularity, right? Um, you know, when we do training, one of the things that definitely comes up every time we do training is someone goes, hey, why are you carrying X, Y, or Z to at least one of us, right? You know, why don't you have a sling? Why do you have your sling rigged that way? And it's it's critical, but it's constructive criticism, right? The goal is to go, hey, have you critically assessed why you're doing this thing with your kit? And um, really, that's the big takeaway here, right? Is critically assess what you're carrying so that you have some idea of what you're carrying, what it weighs. And if you're carrying heavy gear, especially, have a good reason. Yeah. So, guys, hopefully you found this discussion helpful. Um, hopefully it's it's encouraged you to think about your own kit, what you're carrying to games, how you approach preparing for a game, what you're going to bring to the field. We're obviously not suggesting that you shouldn't have fun or bring fun items to the field. Um, those are It's an important part of playing Airsoft. But when you're thinking about your own performance, you really need to consider how carrying all of this stuff is either actually preparing you for what you're doing or whether you are not carrying enough to be prepared for situations that might arise or whether you're at that sweet spot where you're supporting yourself, you're helping others sometimes if you need to, but you're not carrying any of that extra um, any of that extra stuff that ultimately may is probably not going to help one way or another. It's, do I have enough gear and maybe a tiny bit plus, right? Yeah. That being said, we'd love to hear more about what you guys are taking to your games. What are you packing for those Milsim games that you're attending? You can either let us know in the comments, you can join us on Discord, hop onto the Guns and Gear thread and start having conversations with us about what you're what you're carrying for the games. We'd love to hear more about it. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate all the support, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good week, everyone. Talk to you soon.